Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Screen Geeks Radio, episode 137. This is Dave. This is Barry. This is Ethan. And joining us once again, our UK correspondent, Mr. Jack Gregson. How the heck are you, sir? Hello, mates. I'm well. <laughs> wow. See, if you're going to do that, I'm going to ask you that question off air that you said you'd punch me in the face if I ever asked you. <laughs> I'm just oh. saying. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, this week we're going to be talking about what we're looking forward to this year. Should be a fun episode. But before we get to doing all that, let's just go ahead and talk about, about what we watched this week. I'll kick it off since I watched one whole thing that's not new. That is new, I should say. And that's I've been started watching The Cape on NBC. And it is oddly entertaining and fun. It is not The Dark Knight. It is not Mantis. I say that for your benefit, Barry, since we were around back then when that came out. Yep. It's not a super-duper straight-laced show. <clears throat> It does take itself seriously, but it's not afraid to go over the top and be a little bit weird, but it, and it acknowledges it, but it still plays it with a straight face. And I will be honest, if the Green Hornet had gone this route, I would have loved the Green Hornet beyond words. So that was kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Keith David just chews up the scenery as, as a... He leads a gang who robs banks, but they're all circus performers. It's awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. You, by chewing the scenery, do you mean the expression, or does he literally chew the set? Because no, then no. I would watch. <laughs> no, it, it is figurative. You, you, you get the feeling he could occasionally, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So that's that's my whopping watching week. I gotta ask you, Dave. Like I always get Keith David and David Keith mixed up. Keith David. <laughs> Me too. Keith David's the one from They Live, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's great. Because David Keith, he played Elvis. I think he did, and he was also in An Officer and a Gentleman. I think. Yeah. I always get those two mixed up. I, yeah. Unless he played Elvis in, in, in the way that Ozzy Davis played um, uh, oh, yeah. JFK and Bubba Hotep, then yeah, it's Keith David. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of a text message my friend sent me. Okay. All right, then. Well, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and go next, sir? Uh, I uh, decided to rewatch Good Burger. <laughs> the, the American classic. Yeah, I uh, I hadn't seen it in a in a long long time, and it was on uh, our download server at Res. So I was like, oh, you know, and uh, I shouldn't actually say I watched it because I kind of just after twenty minutes put it on as background noise while I did other things. But uh, <laughs> maybe if Sinbad were in it a little more, I'd I'd like it more. But I did I did laugh out loud a few times. Isn't Carmen Electra in that one? Sorry, what? I'm sorry. Isn't Carmen Electra in in Good Burger? Yeah, she is. She tries to seduce Kel because the uh, what's <laughs> what's the other burger company? They want uh, they want the secret sauce, so they send oh, her to seduce oh, Kel. Yes. But yeah, it's it's you know I laughed a few times. Wow. It's, it, uh, it's interesting too. Stuart Copeland does the score. That blew me away wow. when I saw that in the opening credits. I was like, wow. Slumming. And um, the, uh, go, Jack. Uh, uh, do you remember the uh, Less Than Jake song that plays over the ending credits? No, I don't. Oh, it's amazing because Kel joins in. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd watched that now. But uh, it's it, it's interesting too. Like Keenan, he's like a total stick in the mud the whole movie. He's always just pissed off, and like Kel is so peppy and loves his job and. Keenan's just a spoiled brat, man. <laughs> All right, then. All right. Some serious talk uh, on Good Burger. Uh, continuing with the great rewatches, I uh, gave Bad Boys 2 another look. 
very similar movies. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean, wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. They're black. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> he went there. He did indeed. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. You remember? You guys remember that IO Nine review of uh, Transformers Two? Vaguely. That when they kind of defended it as like an art film. <laughs> are you gonna? Are you about to do the same for Bad Boys Two? That's how I feel about this. I, I think this movie is like an accidental great film almost because it is so ridiculous and stupid and misogynistic and homophobic and racist that it becomes like this parody of itself in the action genre that I that I was like this is genuinely interesting like it is just it is amazing how offensive it is so are we going to come in, back and look at Transformers 2 that way someday? no okay because <laughs> this movie see Transformers 2 it, it doesn't have the gleeful nihilism of this movie it's still, it's still, Transformers 2 is still basically just like a two and a half hour commercial for like, you know, toys. This is just pure nihilism on screen and I love it. All right then. Interesting. Barry? I, I'm sorry. I'm just flashing back to Bad Boys 2 and I'm just thoroughly appalled and horrified. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, no, I agree with you. If I had to watch, uh, if I had to choose between the two, I would probably watch Bad Boys Two well over uh, Transformers Two. I just the thing about Bad Boys Two I remember is that the movie is, <clears throat> excuse me, about two minutes old when a woman is referred to as an effing uh, synonym for a female dog. Like the movie's li- that's I think that's the first line in the movie. It's like you effing. That's like the opening line in the movie, and I thought it it just it really perfectly sets the tone that you're talking about. It, I think uh, the exact line well, is when the big... drug dealer guy is on the phone, and like these two chicks in his bed, they play with a gun, they accidentally shoot, and he's like, "Bitches." <laughs> it's funny uh, how I uh, rewatched this movie too, is because my friend Jake, um, I was we were talking about movies, and I mentioned the If how I own that, the Criterion. He's like, "Oh, I want to borrow that." I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, I'll lend you my Bad Boys too as a trade." Wow. So so do you feel you got the, the, the better end or the worst end of that trade there? Uh, let me look at the special features. Disc 1, widescreen presentation. Disc 2, deleted scenes, production diaries, sequence breakdown, stunts and visual effects, featurettes, Jay-Z, la la la, music video. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. It's a wash. There is Every that... camera angle is flashy. Every cut explosive. Every joke is screamer. Michael Wilmington, Chicago Tribune. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> one positive man. There, there is one scene in the movie I remember laughing at. You know, it's a, it's a two, not even two and a half hours. It's like two hours and 45 minutes, right? I mean, this is an epic, epic movie. It's right? long. Yeah, it's it's long. very long. There is one scene in the movie, I think it's about maybe a minute and a half long, but I thought it was genuinely funny, and that's when... Martin Lawrence's daughter's boyfriend comes to the door yes. and, they ter- and they terrorize him. That scene is funny. I do like that moment. That little little moment, that oasis of beauty in a cesspool of sessiness. Oh, I hate that movie so much. So much. <laughs> See, folks, you didn't know we were actually talking about Bad Boys 2 today. <laughs> and Good Burger. And, yes. and doing a comparison. Yes. <laughs> also, uh, I, I watched uh, John Cassavetti's Mini and Moskowitz for the first time ever. Oh, very good. The movie which Seymour Cassell in it contains the greatest mustache in cinematic history. <laughs> the scene where he cuts it off, I was nearly in tears. <laughs> Martin Scorsese was a set dresser in that film, and in uh, in 
a book that he uh, helped write about basically his autobiographical early years. He writes about how um, he was so broke during the making of that film that John Cassavetes actually let him stay, let him live on the set. So when everyone would leave, Scorsese was living on the mini Moskowitz sets. Awesome. Anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an awesome movie. It has like all the uh, emotion and craziness of like a woman under the influence, but as a quote unquote comedy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, I saw Peter Weir's new film, The Way Back. I did too. Very good. I'm glad we could talk about that. Should we just save that for? Or I guess we could. We, yeah. Wait. I just started talking. Let's just get into it. Let's just talk about it. Um, I, yeah, I really liked it. I think it has flaws. Like, I think a lot of the dialogue is really cheesy. A lot of the any pretty much any character played by someone who isn't a recognizable actor is pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, it, I felt overall it wasn't as moving as I thought it would be considering the story. But just it is one of the most visually stunning films I've seen in a long time. Hmm. I thought it like I was blown away by the visuals in it. Like I just thought it was a great tone poem of sorts. What What did you think? I pretty much agree with you. Um, although I'll tell you, on, on one hand, the film is so grueling for most of the way. Um, it wasn't until the very end that I had a real strong emotional reaction. I got and I got to say that the, the final scene did turn me into a, just a total puddle. Um, I was so tremendously moved by the by the way it ended. Um, I think it's interesting. I think the problem I have with this movie is the movie actually addresses, and that's the characters. You know, whether it's the lead actors or even the you know the actors basically wearing the orange suits who you know are going to die. Um, I think the movie addresses the problem, um, which is that there's not a lot of depth to these characters, and you really don't really know them very well. And I think in, in introducing the series, I'm probably going to say her name wrong, series Ronan, introducing her character, I thought was a really smart idea because it introduces that, that bit of dialogue where she says, like, you guys don't talk all that much. And we establish that these guys, even though they're walking thousands of miles with one another, they don't really say much. And it's not until the moments where they're basically about to die when all of a sudden they kind of reach out to each other and they allow conversation to take place. But... Um, I like that the movie addresses the fact that you really don't know these people, but you do kind of discover them over the course of the journey. And it's not like till late in the movie you really know who Ed Harris's character is and what he's about. Um, I was impressed with the performances. Uh, I can't say I've ever been on the Jim Sturgis bandwagon until this movie. I thought he really lives up to his hype as a leading man after seeing his work in this film. Um, I thought Colin Farrell was quite good. I was amazed how finally his Irish bro completely vanished for, for an entire movie. I thought his Russian accent was quite credible and quite good. Ed Harris is as good as you expect. And Sarah Ronan, I thought, you know, introducing her character could have been really cloying and kind of cheeseball, but I really love what she did, and, and I thought her scenes were really good and really kind of made Act 2 really strong. Um, uh, Burkhardt Dahlwitz, that's a name I don't often see on this show. Burkhardt Dahlwitz, he did the music to Bram Stoker's Dracula and also uh, most of the music, not all, but most of the music for The Truman Show. I love his music scores. He also did the music to The Ninth Gate. And the I thought the score to this movie was so powerful, but I love that it was used very sparingly. There's very little music in this movie, though. All the scenes in the prison camp had no music, which I thought made those scenes especially intense and really brutal. Um, I don't. I, I think you'll, you'll probably agree with me on this. I mean, I don't think this is one of Peter Weir's masterpieces, but I think this is a terrific movie, and I agree with you. Visually incredible. I mean, it was it was shot what? It was shot in Australia, Bulgaria, Morocco, um, all over the continent. I thought, yeah, visually beautiful movie. Um, more definitely a lot more like kind of like 127 hours on its feet than like Lord of the Rings. Um, so I think if people go in expecting an action movie, they're going to be really, really disappointed. But if they expect something that's a little more character-driven, you know, like like all Peter Weir movies, I think they'll be really impressed. I really like this film. 
Yeah, I read it was made for only $29 million, which I think is like almost as impressive as like the District 9 budget when you think about it. Yeah, I, that's, I didn't know that. That, that is amazing because, I mean, if I were to guess, I would say 50, 60 million, but 29 million, that, that is astonishing because it's, it's all up there on screen. Yep. Uh, next, I, I watched, uh, oh, I hate that I keep trying to say this name, but here we go. A pitch at Pong. We Arrest the Cull, otherwise known as Joe. I watched his first film, Blissfully Yours, which is a uh, romance in Thailand, and it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, like all his movies, uh, it's not it's not like his other movies I've seen from him. It doesn't have like that magical realism element, but it's the visuals and the mood in it is just stunning. And there's all these weird things he does that are awesome. Like, uh, the opening credits in the movie show up, uh, 45 minutes into the movie. Wow. And that, like when that happened, I was actually just kind of subtly blown away. And, uh, yeah, I, it's a great, it's a great movie. I just, I think he is one of the best living filmmakers. I love that guy. And, um, finally I watched Gus Van Sant's to die for. Oh, nice. Which, uh, yeah, it was a decent movie. It's sort of like um, his Gus Van Sant's direction and Buck Henry's script are, like, throughout competing to be who can, like, see who can be more clever. Yeah. And I think that takes away a bit from the movie, but it's still very good. And um, I was going to ask, the first time you saw it, maybe you don't remember this, but when David Cronenberg showed up (laughs) at the end, did you think it was he was playing himself? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny you say that, yeah. And whenever you mention that, I, I, Cronenberg's participation in the movie, those scenes really have stayed with me. But yeah, I did. I did think he was playing himself, and I thought he was wonderful in, in his in his portion of the movie. Yeah, he's a good actor, too. Like, uh, he's in this uh, Don McKellar film last night, and he's awesome yeah. in that. So. I, yeah, I remember him in that, and I remember him in Clive, uh, Clive Barker's Nightbreed, where I thought he was very good as the as the creepy, uh, creepy psychologist. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I gotta say, like, uh, to die for. I mean, I always remember that movie as that was like Nicole Kidman's coming out movie. Like, surprise, I can act. I'm not just Tom Cruise's wife, because she was basically like stuck in a lot of thankless movies. And then she does to die for, and it's like, ooh, she's interesting, and she's willing to take risks and work with interesting directors. And and even now, like, her filmography is like that. Like for all the for all the movies like the Golden Compass that she did that are just total waste. I mean, you've got. I mean, she's worked with Noah Baumbach and and you know and and Stanley Kubrick and some really interesting directors and. And, uh, yeah, I think To Die For was probably, eh, well, you know, there was Dead Calm with Philip Noyce, but I think probably to, to Die For was the first indication that she was actually, a, I, I think, a really stellar actress. Wasn't she in some, like, BMX movie? About- she was, and it was... BMX uh, Bandits. BMX, Brent Trenchard, Brian Trenchard-Smith, the director of uh, um, Dead End Drive-In, did that film, yeah. Yeah, BMX Bandits. I've seen BMX Bandits. It's a good movie. <laughs> putting that one on my list yeah yeah netflix that man you will not be disappointed it, it it's one of these movies like dead end drive and it, it kind of it just lives up to its title somehow it's getting That's a blu-ray, all. blu-ray release soon is it really <laughs> oh man yeah wow all right well barry what have you been watching sir um a movie i really want to go to bat for because this is a film i'd always wanted to see and i finally did see it um and that's uh, andre konchalovsky's um runaway train this is a it um, it stars John Voight and Eric Roberts, and they were both up for Academy Awards for their performances. It, it was directed by Konchalovsky, who is the Russian director, best known unfortunately for directing Tango and Cash, but he also directed Shy People. He's a very good director, and it was written by Akira Kurosawa. 
It's uh, about these two men who break out of prison. They basically jump onto a train and, and are, are, are unaware that the train itself is, is basically headed for disaster. This is kind of like if that Tony Scott movie, Unstoppable, was brilliant. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is an extraordinary film. Um, Rebecca De Mornay is unrecognizable in this film, and she gives a terrific performance. I think one of her absolute best, really good. Um, and I'm trying to think of his name. John Ryan. John Ryan, the, the star of Larry Cohen's It's Alive. He plays the evil warden in Runaway Train, and it's one of the great, great villainous performances. He's terrific in the movie. Um, everything about this movie, the score, the opening, the way the opening credits are done, this is just such a cool movie. It's one of the films that came out of the Golden Globe as canon film uh, genre, and it just it's it really rocks. It is incredibly violent for a movie that came out in 1985. It's one of the most violent movies, I think, I've ever seen come out of the 80s. Um, John Voight's performance is just gigantic. There's no way to go to, to, to even put it into words. He's incredible in this movie. He, it's nothing like nothing he's ever played before or since, and he is both terrifying and and unhinged and just a joy to watch. Um, so I love the Runaway Trade, and I love to hear what what, uh, what our listeners think of that one. Um, and then really quickly, uh, um, I saw Behind Enemy Lines, which I'd never seen before. <laughs> kind of verified for me why Owen Wilson is not the next action hero. Um, <laughs> this movie, like it, it makes Top Gun look positively subtle in terms of being a military recruitment movie. Um, Behind Enemy Lines is a shameless, stupid action movie. Big, big explosions. Not a, not a chore to sit through, but... but but really a stupid, stupid movie. Um, K-Pax. Saw K-Pax finally. I've always wanted oh to see boy. K-Pax. What a... You know, the best the movie has is definitely the give and take scenes between Kevin Spacey and uh, Jeff Bridges. And, and no question, those two look like they're having a lot of fun. But this is one of these movies where, like, it, it makes the same mistake that only Cuckoo's Nest could get away with. You can't have wacky mentally disturbed people you know and and try to be funny and the movie has all these wacky mentally disturbed people the film goes back and forth between being a comedy and a sci-fi allegory and being a really really dark and and brutal film um i'm glad i finally saw but i I can't say i thought it was a really great film Um, i I think that movie was the beginning of the end of kevin spacey yes i completely agree he just i mean he's he's playing the same snarky i know something you don't know kind of kind of character (laughs) and that arrogance is there the one movie that he's done in that period that i love is the shipping news because he played a completely vulnerable and uh, out of his element kind of guy and i love his performance in that movie because it's so different but beyond that it's like he kind of plays the k-pax character in, in so many of his films um, and then finally, all my friends love K-Pax. I never understand why, because <laughs> it's deep, yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I mean, minor spoiler for a ten-year-old movie, but like the movie only leaves you with two possibilities. It's, it's either that this character is completely mental and out of his mind and seriously, deeply disturbed over his past, or he's an extraterrestrial. That's like the only two possibilities. And the movie goes with the am- with the note of ambiguity in the way it ends. And I'm like, that is that is just cruel. Because the two extremes, oh, man, deep. Well, <laughs> like, like what a cop out! I mean, at least I mean those are both such audacious ideas. I mean, at least go with okay, he's an extraterrestrial, or no, he's just he's so brilliant that he came up with this whole fake world and this fake you know alien world. But no, like they leave it like, how does it end? It, the choice is up to you, which I thought was such a cop out. All right, and then I, fun- I do seem to be, uh, remember there being a scene where Kevin Spacey eats a banana peel. Yes, yeah, eats it whole, right. Method. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, I I did go back and watch uh, Doug Liman's The Bourne Identity, the first of the Jason Bourne films, and... um I don't know. Like I, I think the movies really picked up steam once Paul Greengrass showed up. I think Born Identity has a lot of wonderful sequences, and it's a good, it's a really good gripping story. But I don't think it has, 
I don't know, just the pull and the and the real mastery of 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 the of, of form that Greengrass brought to it. And I thought uh, the actor. Oh, you you oh. No, you weren't there for it. I wasn't ready oh, for it. I'm sorry. Chris Cooper, right? Wow, the first <laughs> time in Screen Geeks history. So anyway, the the star of the Born Identity. Matt Damon. I thought he did a very fine job, and and it's easy to see why this is the movie that kind of put him back on track. Because you know he had a series of flops with uh, the Legend of Bagger Vance and all the pretty horses, and this is the one that really you know put him back up there on the top. And I thought he was very good. Man. I'm so sad right now. I can't. Well, they, that's okay. You know, this is this is going to be an unpredictable year for us, clearly. Because my God, Dave. I know. I'm, I I missed a you reference. You set it up so well, Elliot. I know. I know. And, and yeah, <laughs> he's got to play it twice to make up for the one he missed. <laughs> I do. I do. And, and uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm the mouse is hovering over that button from now on for the rest of the show, just in case. Well, just in case. Uh, you know, the, is it maybe a preview here? But isn't there this new Cameron Crowe movie coming ah, out? That's right. That's right. Starring Matt Damon. Yay! Okay. All right, we're back on track. <laughs> All right, All right well, I'm done. Jack, Jack, what have you okay, been seeing? So, so here's the thing, Jack. Oh. Would you rather start with what you watched, or would you rather tell your story first? Oh, let's, let's tell the story, story first, because I'm sure everyone's did, dying. Did you meet, you, you met Carlton? <laughs> no, I didn't meet Carlton. <laughs> but I have something to say about him later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Empire Magazine, if you know of the popular British movie magazine. Yes. Um, worked on by such great people as Chris Hewitt and Helen O'Hara. It's my little shout out to them. Uh, they, they they ran a contest for a copy of um, uh, one of Ethan's favorite films uh, on Blu-ray, Grown Ups. <laughs> Yay! Uh, <laughs> uh, the contest was um, to come up on Twitter to come up with the next great Adam Sandler comedy. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, what the hell? I'll put an entry and then I can sell the <laughs> Blu-ray. And um, so I put in my entry, which was uh, Sandler plays a cop called Mark Ham <laughs> with a rooster and the, who's voiced by Rob Schneider and the film is called Ham and Eggs <laughs> that, that's like an awesome yeah. that's, that's brilliant that's an, that's an awesome joke right that's there brilliant. really that's I, was, well, I was thinking eh Mackenzie Gordon Retrieve something <laughs> yeah. like that yeah exactly <laughs> but um and, and they bust an evil egg smuggling ring Kevin James plays the police chief. It was going to be awesome. Uh, so I, I won a copy of Grown Ups on Blu-ray. But, but oh, here is where the dark clouds appear and the sadness starts to engulf my heart. I get an email. Dear Jack, we're very sorry to inform you, but due to a mix-up, your copy copy of Grown has been given to Vince Vaughn. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that Vince Vaughn? Yes. <laughs> Vince Vaughn, brackets, seriously, close brackets. <laughs> what? He's over What's here he? promoting the dilemma. <laughs> and they gave him my copy of Grown Ups. <laughs> what are they, what, it's a region, it's, probably, it's region two, right? Um, most Sony's are region lot, and I guess he could probably watch it while he's over here. I guess Kevin James is in it, therefore he probably wants to watch it for Kevin James. <laughs> he can't get his own dang copy. <laughs> Apparently, not. 
but, but always looking on the bright side, they're sending me free other movies instead. So, you know, again, interesting anecdote and free movies that probably will be worth more than grown-ups will ever be worth to anyone, apart from the people who made it. And if you ever meet Vince Vaughn, you've got a story. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh no, you know, Vince Vaughn owes me a copy of Blur- Grown Ups. Do you want to go on, on record he and has... say that right now? <laughs> I am now Vince Vaughn's sworn enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to go see the dilemma until I get my copy of Grown Ups. Well, Jack, you shouldn't go see the dilemma anyway, but but you have a good case there. Um, my response to Empire was it was one less reason to go see the dilemma. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, in class, often when I'm bored, I come up with ideas for movies that could star Nicolas Cage. So, so saying like I won a free Blu-ray of Season of the Witch, if there were a similar contest, who would it get sent to instead? Mark Harmon. <laughs> I can uh, yeah, I can see them doing some like uh, religious themed film together. <laughs> wow, that's a great story, Jack. That's amazing, and it has a happy ending. That's a great story. Yeah, do you know what it is a very good story? Um, so onto what I watched this week, <laughs> which is plentiful. Um, I started with watching the uh, new Showtime BBC production episodes. So have you guys heard of this? Well, what's it called again? Yes. Episodes. Episodes with, uh, with, with, with the guy from Friends. Uh, Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc, yes. Oh, I heard the radio ads about getting screwed in the Hollywood industry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, two British writers who wrote a popular TV series, and they get taken to America to remake the series. <laughs> Which, you know, it's a fun industry-based idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a cautionary uh, tale. The first episode is complete and utter tripe. Oh. It's awful. Uh, the second episode is hysterical. Hmm. Interesting. The second ep- Matt LeBlanc is not in the first episode, and he is really funny in this show playing himself, as many actors are playing parodies of themselves. Um, it, he's He's been cast in the lead role, which he's completely wrong for. And... Um, it's it's just it's a night it's a funny send up of the American studio system screwing over the Brits, <laughs> which I'm sure has never happened. But have you but, seen um, the American space footage? I'm just saying. I have. I have. I've seen the American coupling. Trust me, I know. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, and I've seen the American it crowd. Really <laughs> awful. <laughs> I've got I've uh, I've got a copy of the American version of Being Human, and I'm scared to watch it. Uh, just don't bother. Okay, fair enough. Um, being Being Human goes bad in series two anyway, so. Oh okay. Um, uh, but yeah, the second episode is really funny. I'm really interested to see where they're going with it. It's um, it's got that uh, time vibe. It's fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of this. Uh, on the film side, it's in the UK. It's the time where the, we released something that came out at the end of last year in America, apart from True Grit, apparently. Uh, so I finally have got to see Black Swan. Nice. Which I adored. 
absolutely love that. Uh, can't can't really. I I thought um, the odd thing was I was watching it and I realised halfway through that about two years ago I took a course of ballet studying the art of ballet and was like, wow, wow, I know what's going on, <laughs> <laughs> which um which was fun. But no, the mo- I think Nina Sayers is such an interesting character, and really, it's it's such a film that anyone who's in the performance industry should watch. And I think Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis have got both given. They, I don't think they'll give better performances throughout their careers. I mean, these are really strong performances that I haven't seen from either of these actresses before. Yeah. Uh, really wonderful film. Probably my favorite Aronofsky film. Really big thumbs up for me. Uh, the King's Speech. Uh, again, just a really wonderful film. Really fun. Colin Firth gives the best performance I've seen him give, though I didn't see a single man. Uh, just strong performances. Lovely use of space in the movie as well. There's these great backgrounds. I was going to mention the thing that's out there you were talking. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, sir. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I was going to think I really liked about the movie was the cinematography. There were like just so many weird choices that it just mm, kept me interested throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it was really nicely done, and I'm, I, I I think actually as much as I loved Black Swan, I'd be really happy if this won Best Film at really? any award show because I think it really is a great film. I I definitely liked it um, very much. I I don't think I liked it as uh, as much as you for Best Picture, but I think it definitely is. Uh, it, it it kind of dropped off my short list for for the best films of the year. And I agree, Firth was amazing. I actually liked him better in A Single Man. I think A Single Man is is uh, is thus far his best performance. But uh, he's wonderful in in The King's Speech, and that climactic scene is so so terrific. I was going to mention about him. How did he like? He used to be like side British guy in romantic comedy, and now he's this amazing actor. When did like? How did this happen? Gosh, I mean, he's he's had, such, he's, he's had an interesting transformation <laughs> his whole career because I mean, I mean, he started off, uh, you know, in in Pride and Prejudice, you know, where, where he became like the thinking person, the thinking woman sex symbol. Then he was like in Valmont, the the Milo Schwarman movie, did Apartment Zero, like did these really, very, you know, very British films, and then you know he became this international sex symbol with the with the uh, with the Bridget Jones films, and of course with Love Actually, and then you know he started to tater off and do some really demeaning movies like What a Girl Wants, starring Amanda Bynes. But now I, I once watched that on a on a bus ride. That's that's the way to watch that film. I I actually own that movie I, because you guy. It's it. funny. I, well, it was a school. It, it was on the ski trip, and we were watching it. And uh, the teacher, one of our teachers, who was chaperoning us, he turned it off halfway through to put on Mrs. Nutfire. So wow. I had, I had a choice of seeing that or the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, and I, I went for the Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, why, wise choice, wise choice. Stick with my choice. <laughs> um, I, I just got back from uh, seeing Tangled, which I really dug. Really, I think it was uh, better than The Princess and the Frog, which was another film I really liked last year. Um, as uh, Dave said, really weak villain, but such kind of strong main characters and fun visuals though I don't know why it's a CG cartoon it could have been a 2D cartoon it'd be so much more fun for me it's very nostalgic <laughs> yeah this, this was a film where they were, where they were they're, they're trying to make that transition to try to bring the, the 2D magic to a 3D generated film hmm. mm. I went through a weird phase when I was 14 where I became obsessed with Mandy Moore so this was a nice 
come back. All right. Uh, also saw um, on the poor end of the scale, I got to see Morning Glory. You didn't like it? I really didn't like this movie at all. Did you see it? Yeah, Dave and I really liked it, actually. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I honestly no, think I... Rachel McAdams got screwed for a Golden Globe. You see, I just... I thought this film didn't know what it was saying, didn't have... Uh, uh, all the funny moments were Harrison Ford impersonating Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Diane Keaton is completely wasted. Yes. So is Jeff Goldblum. Uh, no, I, I couldn't get... To, I felt like this, this was a film that relied on montages way too much. <laughs> <laughs> every time something happened there's a little montage showing how it goes along and at the end there's that big kind of thing like if you you've got to learn not to work so hard everything will work out but the thing is she did work hard and everything worked out so i didn't really get the message <laughs> it was i don't know i thought this was a mess of the movie all right then uh, yeah i think that's it does the Oasis song ever appear in the movie and then people are like, uh? <laughs> no. <laughs> that would have helped things. It would have. All right, then. Sweet. Anything else, sir? Um, oh, yeah, I did rewatch The Lion King. Ah, nice. Thumbs up. I forget how good the animation in that film really is. Yeah, it's a beautiful. I, film. I think that's a movie I've seen so many times. I really like never need to rewatch it, which is sad. But it's a very different feel the love night. Mm. I don't think I've seen that since the '90s, but I remember the the music is so stirring. I mean, it's a beautiful score. I mean, say what you will about Elton John, but I think he deserved the Oscar for that film. It's a, it's John and I think Hans Zimmer, right, who also did the score. I mean, beautiful uh, music. Tim Tim Rice. Tim Rice. Tim Rice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about what hit theaters this week since we're a half hour into the show. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's the number one movie in America because I know on Friday it was number one uh, uh, Miss Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher and No Strings Attached. If it's number one, I got to say that's it's got to be the first Ivan Reitman movie to be the number one movie in America for, what, a decade at least? I'm looking it up. I I almost saw it yesterday. I'll be honest. Wow! Yeah, it barely. Yeah, it beat the Green Hornet by just over two million. So how much did it make? Uh, right now the the estimates are twenty million. That's pretty good for that movie because I didn't. Uh, I expected it, half that much. I was actually I was actually going to see it yesterday. I because my friend I don't know my friend Ryan wanted to see it and I kind of half jokingly wrote in as well. I was like, when are we going to go see No Strings Attached? <laughs> and then, uh, but I was you know I you know I would be willing just to go with him. And he uh, he was like, yeah, I want to go. But then I, I figured he'd be like, oh, let's go Sunday night. And I so I started watching the uh, Joe film and then I saw it and saying, oh man, let's go at this time. And I felt kind of like an asshole for standing him up and he had to go alone to see a chick flick Aww. I'm more interested in the Justin Timberlake remake that's coming out later this year isn't that interesting <laughs> and that's, that's Natalie Portman's friend Mila Kunis starring in that one Friends with Benefits that comes out in this, like, like six months later but it's like it looks like the same movie and Ashton Kutcher's friend they were in uh, that 70s show together. that's right that's right isn't it interesting that two like two stars of the most two of the most like acclaimed movies of the year are 
in that Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis, you know, you have like social network and black Swan, these two like highly respected, esteemed war awards movies. And they're just doing this like really cheesy rom-com. Well, I'll say director of VZA. That makes me interested. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I'm, I'll say this for the last time this year because I'm afraid I'll, this is something I'll just be saying all year long, but let me just get it off my chest. I think this is the year of Natalie Portman completely slumming it. She's got this and Your Majesty and Thor and uh, just the cheesiest, cheesiest, most most formulaic American movies coming out this year after Black Swan. I just am so disappointed. Well, she took a huge pay cut for Black Swan. She's got she's to make some of that money back. Doesn't she already have enough Star Wars money coming in, though? I mean, does, doesn't she get a dollar like every time someone buys one of those Amidala action figures? Well, it's probably more like, like a, 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 a it's probably more of a physical thing too, because you put yourself through that on uh, Black Swan, that emotional and physical distress. So you just want to, you know, go just star in a movie with Ashton Kutcher and his painted on abs and stuff, and <laughs> take it easy. That's probably true. Also I mean, opening this weekend in limited release, you've got The Company Man. This is, uh, it's, I can't believe it finally opened. This thing has been kind of traveling around the festival circuit for some time. That's Ben Affleck, um, who's a very good friend of. Oh, damn you. <laughs> Yay! That was still good. That was delayed, but that was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Company right. Man also stars Kevin Costner and Tommy Lee Jones. I'm sorry, Dave. I, I literally do have to add this hovering now. It's okay. I don't mean to it's bust okay. your bubble today. It's okay. Uh, also, in limited release, uh, we, we mentioned it before, the, the Peter Weir film, The Way Back, starring Colin Farrell, Jim Sturgis, and Ed Harris. And then also in limited release, you've got uh, Javier Bardem in the strangely uh, titled Beautiful, spelled... Beautiful, and then uh, IP Man too. My, my friend uh, Alex saw that the Festival Nouveau here, and it's his least favorite film of 2010. Did you hear that uh, that Julia Roberts had screenings because she wants to, you know, drum up interest in the movie for her friend? Because you know she and Bardem were in uh, Eat, Pray, Love together, so she like had little industry screenings trying to drum up enthusiasm for the movie. It's like I've heard his performance in it apparently is like amazing, but the movie is just the most biggest pile of misery porn shit ever. So that's what I've heard too. <laughs> Yep. Wow. I've heard it's just two and a half hours of him eating cereal. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I guess there's an audience for that. Uh, and then let's see. Available on DVD this week, Secretary, which Dave really liked. This. Yes. Yeah, it's a good film. Absolutely. The Lane. There's a coupon out on DisneyMovieRewards.com for eight bucks off the Blu-ray. Wow. So it, it's looking like you can, you'll be able to pick it up for like 15 bucks for the, the combo pack. That's the, a really good deal for, for a Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, one of my least favorite films from last year, though, was a sizable hit, and the sequel's on the way. Red with Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, and uh, John Malkovich slumming it. This is the Malkovich week, because he also was in uh, Secretariat. Yeah. Uh, the, the end of the Millennium Saga, the <coughs> Millennium series, The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Didn't get to see this one. Did you guys see this one? No. Uh, okay. Uh, my It'll be on streaming on release day, so on that, Netflix. If that's the case, I'll definitely watch it because I yeah I heard this was like the least interesting of the three. Well, have you watched Girl Who Played with Fire yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw the first two in the theater, but this one I just didn't get the chance to see. Gotcha. Uh, my least favorite film of 2010, Saw 3D, uh, starring a very slumming at Carrie Elways and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> also being released this week, Nowhere Boy, which. Uh, I've heard great things about performances, but not about the movie. And Ethan, did yeah, you see this? Yeah, I, I saw it. I, I don't even really remember what happened. <laughs> it's like a TV movie, a very uh. British TV movie. So something that belongs on the Lifetime channel. No, BBC. 
maybe play it on HBO. All right, then. Man, that's sad. All right, we'll get to the edgy stuff because we've got some really interesting stuff coming up. Uh, Still Bill, uh, the documentary about the life of Bill Withers, which Dave and I saw at the, the Denver Film Festival. Very yes, good, the, I, I very can't good wait to watch film. it again and see the behind the scenes. It's in my Netflix queue already. So. Very nice. Yeah, it's a charming film. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites from the 80s, although I don't tell this to a lot of people, She-Ra, the complete series. She-Ra, She-Ra. I was going to make sure it was on the list because absolutely. I know that, yeah. I yeah. used to watch this show all the time, and it was like right on after it was on after He-Man, so it was like this really great double feature. Like, okay, what's going on with He-Man? Uh, cousin. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Those are people girlfriend, boyfriend. I, my world is shattered. No, they're just really, you know, it's it's the Princess Leia, Luke, Luke Skywalker dynamic. So. <laughs> Minus the kiss. Minus the making out. Uh, Client 9, The Rise and Fall of Elliot Spitzer, one of the most critically acclaimed documentaries of last year. Available on Criterion, The Double Life of Veronique. I really like this film. It's a beautiful film. Great performance by Irene Jacob in the lead. Um, one of my least favorite shows from the 80s, uh, a degrading piece of entertainment called Webster about uh, about a wacky white family who adopts a small black child and the wackiness that ensues. Like, for example, they name him after a dictionary. How cute. Season one of Webster, now available on DVD. Um, one of my favorite movies, I'm actually going to buy this on Tuesday, one of my favorite films from James L. Brooks, Broadcast News with uh, William Hurt, Holly Hunter, Jack Nicholson, an un- unbuilt cameo, and Albert Brooks, who's terrific. Love Broadcast News, now available on Criterion Special Edition. Can't wait to see that. I've ordered this. You already ordered it? My first Criterion. Yay! Nice. Excellent. There's some good extras on that. That looks like it's going to be a really good disc. I love broadcast news. Love that film. Um, and then finally, I saved these for last because, man, talk about some edgy films. This is good stuff. Um, I didn't get to see it, but, man, everybody who has told me they've seen it has been has been uh, just all over the map about it. And that's Dogtooth. Dogtooth is coming out on DVD. Um, Yay! Yeah. And then uh, from Alejandro Jodorowsky, the director of El Topo, one of his uh, one of his most recent films, actually, 1989 Santa Sangre, finally available on uh, on DVD. That's going to be a heck of a movie to see on DVD. And then I think one of the most discussed films on this site last year, especially uh, for Ethan and I, Gaspar Noé's Enter the Void. Yay! Yeah. I'll finally get to see it. You're actually gonna watch it. I might, yeah. I'm Brave thinking, soul, I'm man. Thinking, Brave yeah. soul. Watching this How big is your TV? Seven. It's only 27 inch. Uh, so you only get about uh, half the seizure we got. But I do have the 6.1 surround sound. That'll help. Yeah. That should make it all kinds of disturbing and fun. Yes. Make sure no one else is around when you watch it. Hint, hint. Okay. Fair enough. I'll watch it with your family. That's what I did. <laughs> did you really? I have shown this movie to my parents, but I wasn't there when they watched it. (laughs) (coughs) Nice. Very nice. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some news. Uh, Get cranking through this. We've got the X-Men First Class pictures. Oh, that first picture was so god-awful. Yeah, pretty embarrassing. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I'm digging the pictures. Really? Well, I I like the pictures that Matthew Vaughn put out after that one got released. Yeah, that was just a bad Photoshop, I think. Yeah, exactly. I felt really bad for Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, that's not the best picture of hers, Mystique, in that in that Photoshop. Yeah, I just you know, uh, but Fastbender's uh, in it, so I'm I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and apparently it's it's the lead, right? I mean, he's going to be he's Magneto. Yeah. So yeah, and James McAvoy um, should be bald by the end of the movie, which should be great. Nice. I'm looking forward to this. I, I I like the idea. I I like the idea of these period superhero movies coming out now, the '60s, and 
the 40s with Captain America. I'm I'm quite looking forward to this. Are we still getting that Magneto movie? Schindler's List? I don't think with so. With special effects? No? It's not going to happen? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it since. Have you guys? No. No. Yeah, I think they've kind of trashed that one. A- a- after the, 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 the blasting success that X-Men Last Stand was for everyone, yeah. It's probably for the best. Yeah. Um, and then, Barry, why don't you go next? Uh, the director of Anvil, the story of Anvil, is making a film based on a textbook I've actually used for a few of my film classes, Alfred Hitchcock and the Making of Psycho. Now, it's, it's an interesting idea, certainly, and I, I think a movie about the making of Psycho could be wonderful. This is my favorite movie. I'm definitely not opposed to this idea. What's really interesting is that apparently, though it hasn't been solidified yet, but in talks playing, to play Alfred Hitchcock is Sir Anthony Hopkins. I think uh, Brian Cox or Timothy Spall would be a better choice. Hmm. I like the idea of Timothy Spall. Now that you mention it, that's a that's mm. a great casting choice. I wasn't too big a fan of Timothy Spall in um, the King's Speech. I don't even remember him in that movie. He was, he was Churchill. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You know what? I didn't like him in, even though I loved the movie. I thought he was obnoxious in Enchanted. I liked him in Enchanted. Did you? I thought oh, he was okay. kind of perfect for the kind of sidekick. Um, I hate character. the wacky Disney sidekick character, though. In general, I've never liked them for the most part, and I, I didn't like his performance in that one. He's pretty like in every Mike Lee movie, though. He's pretty awesome. Yes, yes. Very true. Wow! All right, there it is. Uh, then should, should we go ahead and talk about? Oh, what should we talk about next? Let's talk about a certain musical remake that's coming out. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to grab the actual video of music because you're a kind man. Yeah. Yes. I can sing it. <laughs> Please. I whip my hair back <laughs> for tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So 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 what would that that oh god. Apparently, Willow Smith, uh, the daughter of Will Smith, is being uh, cast in a remake of Annie. Produced by who? Will and Jada Smith. That's not the name I heard. <laughs> What's the name again? W- wasn't there talk about Jay Z being involved in this? Jay Z's doing it. There's talk about him being involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's. I think uh, Willow Smith is signed to Jay Z's label, so yeah. oh, it makes man. sense. No, I'm totally on board now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just like great, like destroy the Karate Kid. Now they're off to, after like Annie. Like, what is next from the from the? Well, Will Smith? He what? Is he even been? He hasn't been in a lot of movies lately. He's just like really. Is Seven Pounds the last movie he did? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Man. I should look and see if he's. he's it, yeah, it's like he. It's like he's dying or something. He wants his kids to continue his legacy. I can just see him like on his deathbed, and he's like, Willow, come over here. <laughs> is MIB free this year or next year? Ooh, I don't know. Hmm. Let me let me look. Let me look. I don't know. So, so are we going to see Willow Smith in the First Princess of Bel Air next? Is that what's coming? That sounds like it. It could. It could very well happen on the Disney Channel. No, I'm thinking a movie. Oh, seriously? Uh, they're saying 2012 for Men in Black Three. That's actually what's going to end Ooh. cause the end of the Earth. <laughs> That's right. Is you it know, opening I, on 12 12 think- yeah, I think uh, Will Smith actually has like another kid too, but he like doesn't do anything, so it's like ah, <laughs> it's like the what's it like, Jackson. What's it like being him? You know? Yeah, that's got to be sad. It's like being Andrew Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> How Dang. sad! Hey, Andrew could direct though. At least he's a good director. True, true. 
Uh, apparently, it's been official. Anne Hathaway is Catwoman. And Tom Hardy. Yeah. And Tom Hardy is Bane. Yeah. 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 As long as you don't take a giant dump Thank over Bane. Faffing God. No more Batman casting rumors. That's all. When I saw this, I was so happy. It just meant the end of casting rumors. <laughs> I was waiting for the joke about you wish they would, that they would have cast Ed Hardy as Bane. Is Ed Hardy even a person? I don't know. <laughs> He's an idea. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, Anne Hathaway's an interesting choice for sure. I'm fine with both of these choices because I, I do trust Nolan because, I mean, I've, I've said this on this show a few times. I mean, when they first announced that Heath Ledger was playing the Joker, I thought that's a terrible idea. This, that guy can't. The, the Knight's Tale guy, he's going to be awful. And I was wrong. It's, I'll be very interested to see what Nolan does with it. I'm more interested in seeing what he does with it than hearing who they're playing. Sure. Yeah, because, I mean, we could just speculate all we want, I mean, but we have to see what he's going to do. Yeah, now we've got with. the pieces of the puzzle. I'm very curious to see what he's going to do with Bane because there are so many directions he could go with it. So, yeah. yeah. And, okay, so should we, should we, do we even want to mention the next Batman director rumor thing? I don't know what that is. Aronofsky's comic treatment of... The treatment that he came up with for the Batman movie is getting released as a comic, and if it does well, they're talking about possibly adapting it. Would that happen, though? I mean, could a comic book be that successful that they'd make a movie out of it just based on that? I mean, we're talking like a certain amount of sales or enthusiasm? I don't know. I don't know. That's just the the interview that I read with him was they're going to see how it does, and we're going to go from there. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I hope Aronofsky like uh, he needs to move away from the comic book movies. I don't. I don't want to see him just doing that. I'm with you, man. I think comic book movies, you know, the the good ones, they really stand out. They really, really, really stand out from from the and rest. And so do the bad ones. What well, about if Wolverine Dust is really good? Yeah. That that could be make things very interesting. If Wolverine's a great movie, I think that would that would really really change things. I think it would really kind of bring prestige back to it because I think this year we have a real overload of it. And I mean, I, I'll defend the Green Hornet. I like the Green Hornet, but between all the other comic book movies this year, I think I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. D- did anyone else see the uh, Red Riding Hood trailer? Nope. Don't. I've seen the initial one. Yeah, it's not a whole lot better. Okay. Yeah. It. It's more running in slow motion and. Yeah. Is Gary Oldman playing the wolf? I don't know. He plays like the mayor of the town. Oh, okay. And he's probably like a twist where he is the wolf. That's uh, that's my guess. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like yeah, yeah. I know Fever Ray's in the movie. That's pretty cool. But it'll probably be for like twenty seconds of like, hey, that's Fever Ray. Uh, she's off the screen now. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, it, it looks kind of bad. It looks like something pandering exactly to the Twilight crowd. So, yeah, I'm good with missing all of that. Well, it's interesting that they say it's from the director of Twilight because most of the diehard Twi fans don't even consider the first one to be a great movie. And I think, you know, I think we can all agree that the first one, the, the sequels have been pretty pretty stupid, but, I mean, the first one was the first one was a bad, bad film. In that special, wonderful way, though. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Whereas the, the the sequels have been just you know just completely mediocre and uninspired and you know and formulaic, but I mean at least they weren't like hysterically awfully terrible like the way the first one was. All right, well, all right, yeah, I, I guess I just don't um, care. Dave does not want to start a Twilight discussion, so we'll. Continue. I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I think we we've taken the bat to that corpse enough that okay, yeah, we can let it go. Uh, Tron news. Tron news. I'm a little surprised that they're going about doing this this way. That there's going to be apparently a teaser for the film, for the third film attached to the home video release of Legacy, and it looks kind of interesting. 
Yeah, I like but the there is movie. a third film. There, I, uh, nothing official has been announced yet. I mean, they've they greenlit a, a script treatment, but this looks like they're actually are shoot. They sh- did special sh- shooting for this teaser trailer, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is the same strategy they did for for Tron Legacy. I mean, they just like surprise. They just threw that footage out at Comic Con, and and based on the response, they decided to go and make the movie. I mean, this could be a very similar thing. I mean, if the internet just totally explodes once this footage is out there, then maybe they'll be like, well, there's clearly a a desire for Tron. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something something uh, cool. To I think they Tron. should uh, replace Garrett Hedlund with Bo Bridges and digitally DH him so that he looks more like uh, Jeff Bridges' son. I couldn't agree more. Thank you. <laughs> I really like Tron Legacy. I really did not like his performance. In and movie. I'm willing to say that was the script's fault and the director director's fault. I, I'm just saying, just from other stuff I've seen him, you know, I'm not saying he's like the best actor ever, but he isn't bad. So, okay, we need to get through this stuff. We're coming up on an hour already, and we haven't even taken our break. So, uh, what other news have we got? Uh, um, <laughs> la, uh, new Sasha Baron Cohen comedy, The Dictator, to come on May 11th, 2012, directed by Larry Charles, based on a book by Saddam Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much they're going to push that angle. I'd push it as hard <laughs> as you could, honestly. <laughs> Put up pictures of Saddam Hussein and and Sasha Baron Cohen and just look at the similarities. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my entire marketing strategy. That's not a bad marketing strategy. Back. <laughs> I'd say between this and that uh, Freddie Mercury biopic he's starring in, he's really going for the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say what the film's about or um, just leave it there? Oh no, go ahead. I, 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 the, the story, yeah. Wow. This is um, Paramount's release. So um, the film tells the heroic story of a dictator who risked his life to ensure that democracy would never come to the country he so lovingly oppressed. <laughs> this sounds brilliant. You really can't go wrong with that kind of, kind of a, yeah. yeah. It's going to be so hated by so many people, which makes me love it even more. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a real conversation piece, definitely. Yeah, actually do a double feature with The Great Dictator and you're good to go. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Mm. All right, anyone else got any other news? Yeah, in, uh, to tie in with, with uh, Jack's story earlier in the episode, um, just because this is amazing to me, um, just kind of shows that Funny People was really a very prophetic film. Adam Sandler has a film coming out this Christmas called Jack and Jill where he plays Oof. both roles. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Again, just just going for the Oscar. Yeah. I think Pacino's got a cameo in it as well, so you know, everybody's <laughs> stepping up for this one. Wow, to the streets. <laughs> wow. All right then. Well, I I think that's as good a time as any to go ahead and take a break for this thing. <laughs> we'll be Wait, back no, one no. more story. Uh, okay. Clint Eastwood is going to direct Beyonce in a remake of A Star Is Born. Is this official? Yep. That's so sad to me. I, to me, Changeling was like, I when I saw that, I was like, uh, then I saw Invictus, and I was like, uh, then I saw the trailer for Hereafter, and I was like, uh, so I think I'm, I'm kind of just, Clint is just kind of, he's, he's, maybe he should just take a break. Who was it who starred in Hereafter? Oh, damn you, sir. Uh. Matt Damon. 
man. I'm tired. Can you tell? Because I should be so on the ball with this stuff. Gosh. Oh man, I'm just I'm a disappointment to everyone today. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't be that hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Matt. <laughs> just, okay. Okay. Making sure the button works. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about our uh, most anticipated films for next year. Uh, right after this. This is Ray. So let's listen in as Ray hits on Sandra. Excuse me, miss, but do you know karate? Because your body is kicking. Now, let's listen to the same scene. Only this time, Ray is sporting a quality geek label t-shirt. Yo, baby, I was wondering the... Rejection. What's up with that? We can't really stop it. Damn. But we can outfit you in buttery smooth designs for geeks, gamers, and tech heads. They're custom t-shirts. They're not magic t-shirts. Damn. Another fine product from geeklabel.com. This is Nana Visitor, and this is Screen Geeks Radio. And we're back to discuss the films coming out in 2011 that we are the most excited about. Woohoo! And briefly, before we get to that, yes, I played a Geek Label radio, sh- uh, Geek Label drop, just because it was kind of a tribute. The site is no more. They've been great friends to us. Jay, all you guys are awesome. Yes. So I've just had to play it one more time for fun. But yes, the movies we're looking forward to most this year. And. Who should we take start have, have go down their list first? Hmm. Well, I guess we'll have Ethan go first. Ethan. <laughs> well, uh, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say that the Tree of Life is <laughs> far and away my most anticipated movie of the year. <laughs> it's probably been my most anticipated movie of the year three years in a row now. So uh, it's nice. It's finally coming out, and nice. I. Uh, anticipate that it will change cinema forever i hope so and I, I i couldn't agree with you more i think i've been waiting for this thing since 2006 or 2007 when they first announced it but i'm just amazed that it actually has a release date and it's gonna open con yes finally fair enough all right, right. barry <laughs> all right well my choice which it's funny because i'm actually teaching a class about this man's life and films right now but the new film from francis ford coppola um, apparently it's in uh, it's in post-production currently and it might be in theaters hopefully by this fall Twix Now and Sunrise his first horror film since Bram Stoker's Dracula and it stars Val Kilmer and his ex-wife Joan Wiley Kilmer in addition to, to some really really prestigious actors uh, I have just been in love with this stage of Coppola's life I loved 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 Youth Without Youth and I really like Tetro a lot and I really like that he's doing this very experimental uh, phase where he's basically doing these movies for himself he does not care about about form does not care about box office grosses anymore. He's doing these little films that he's managed to basically just fund off of his off of his vineyard grosses, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't love Youth Without Youth, but I, I thought it, it was promising, and Tetra I thought was great, and I think this third one now, this is where he's going to hit it out of the park, and it's awesome that uh, Dan Deacon is doing the score. I am That's super right. stoked for that. Yes. That is such an inspired choice, so yeah. Are you guys looking down on me if I say I'm looking forward to it as the new Val Kilmer movie? <laughs> no, no, Val Kilmer's great. I love Kilmer. Oh, you gotta love the Kilmer. If you look at his entire body of work, I mean, this guy, I mean, seriously, I mean, like, he played Elvis. He played Jim Morrison. He played Doc Holliday. He was the Iceman. I mean, like, his his most famous roles are so iconic. But even, then you look at stuff like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and and, uh, and Spartan. I mean, he's such a versatile and interesting actor. It's a shame he that was, he's... Yep. He was pretty good in MacGruber, too. He, he was pretty good in MacGruber, actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I liked him as 
Bruce Wayne and Batman, which is much more I can say for Clooney and Keaton. Oh, interesting choice. Well, there you go. Yeah, I agree. He was much better than Clooney. I would definitely agree with you there. <laughs> All right, Jack, what, what, why don't you give us one? Uh, my number one is uh, my first obscure little British movie on the list, uh, The Inbetweeners, uh, based off a um, popular kind of comedy on E4 in the UK, uh, focusing on four teenage guys hanging out, being rude. Very funny show. <laughs> very, very clever, well written. Um, they've made a movie now, and uh, like every TV to film adaptation, the cast are going on holiday. So um, I, I, I'm hoping for a sort of in-the-loop style adaptation where it's, it still retains the humor that it's got on the TV show. I'm really looking forward to it. Very cool. I guess you guys I'll... don't know what it is. No, no I've never heard of it. Sounds good. Nice. I've heard of the show, actually. It was, on a, it was an in-flight option on a plane recently. Did you choose it? It's very funny. No, I think I watched Kitchen Nightmares instead. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> I'll admit I'm a, I'm a sucker for that show too. Uh, I guess I'll start off with one that made the festival circuit and made quite a few few lists for 2010. But oh well, I didn't get to see it. But I really want to see. I saw the devil. Uh, there's no no one really does quite quite does uh, revenge movies quite like the Koreans do. So this looks very promising and disturbing and just really good, honestly. So yeah. What is it exactly? Because I thought it was a horror movie. It's 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 a film like the Revenge trilogy, the yeah. Vengeance trilogy, like that. Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I can't. The, the trailer I've seen, the trailers I've seen, have just blown my mind, and yeah, I cannot wait. <laughs> cool. When when is um I saw the devil come to America? That's what I'm trying to look oh. up right now. Because you know okay. I, I went down through the list on my box office mojo and then totally forgot to see. see oh yeah, when when does this actually come out? So, uh, boom 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 boom. boom. No, this is from the uh, director of The Host. Oh, wow. Ooh. And so, Mother. Yes, yes. Which I really liked. And, dang it, where is it? Oh, I have to look this way, don't I? Damn it. That shoots it right up on my list now, then. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it done by... Wait, Bong Joon-ho did this? Yeah. That's the one. I thought it was the guy who did The Good, The Bad, The Weird. Yeah. Is, hang on, hang the on. Same person. Hang on, hang on. I'm, I could be completely... Losing my mind today, which would not they be. They don't time. all look the same. Hey Dave. now, oh. oh dang, sir! I don't know. You come to my university and try telling a few of them apart. Oh no! <laughs> wow. Oh, all right then. Uh, yeah, it comes up March fourth. March fourth. And hang on. I'm sorry. I was thinking. I was. I meant to say a Tale of Two Sisters, not. The host. Oh, Tell Two bad. Sisters. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's my another bad. South Korean filmmaker. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. My bad. No, yeah, because I, I knew you. I, I knew yeah. you'd like it. Just I when love I the Tale Two Sisters. Guitar, so, yeah, right. I'm definitely but curious. It looks fascinating. So yeah, great. And and I'm saying that seeing having watched trailers without subtitles, I'm still engrossed and can't wait to see it. So great, great. Yes. All right, uh, Ethan. Back to you, sir. Uh, my next is uh, the Grand Master or Masters from uh, Wong Kar Wai. This is a. Uh, karate or kung fu movie from him and i'm except i haven't seen uh, ashes of time which is also like his action movie but this should be awesome and uh i know a lot of people were down on my blueberry nights but i i kind of like that and uh yeah i'm should be good like i i saw a trailer recently it was only text and i was still like super stoked <laughs> nice <laughs> That's the best thing is when you see a ver- an incredibly key element of a normal trailer missing and you still can't wait to see the movie. 
that's why so and all the text was in was was chinese so like it, it was that extra level of like indecipherability <laughs> nice that's it because i remember you telling me how excited you were over the end of the void trailer and i saw it i'm like you must see something that i don't and clearly you do <laughs> so there it is all right barry uh the new film from the master cinema from canada david cronenberg um, and forgive me, I, I know the title has been in flux. I believe it's currently called A Dangerous Man. This is the one about... I Sam- think it's A Dangerous Method. Dangerous Method, I'm forgive me. Dangerous Method. And this is the one where Viggo Mortensen is playing Sigmund Freud, correct? I believe so. And yes. uh, Michael Fassbender plays uh, Carl Jung. I, I mean, I want to see Viggo Mortensen as Sigmund Freud. What a crazy and wonderful casting choice. And it's Cronenberg. I will see anything this man directs. So I, I can't cannot wait to see it i don't know when when it's coming i don't know if it's a fall movie or a summer movie or what but can't wait cronenberg all right then huh jack uh i'm uh really looking forward to the new david wayne movie wanderlust um i'm a big david wayne fan i really like um the state really enjoy um wet hot american summer and uh role models so um uh him doing a mainstream Paul Rudd Jennifer Aniston comedy produced by Judd Apatow has me excited the fact that Rudd is in it I think is really exciting because Rudd was one of my favorite things about Wet Hot American Summer and for that matter the 10 um, but uh, Aniston has me a little concerned yeah I mean the box office poison you know she yeah, that's the thing I can't stand about her because her movies do really well the bounty hunter did really okay, really well okay the cinematic poison like I, I have not liked her in a movie since The Good Girl. I think that's her best movie, her best performance. Um, I liked her in Friends with Money. She was good in that. You're right. She was good in that movie. I got to hand it to her. I have the Rachel haircut, so obviously I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. All right then. Um, I, I'm wow. You know, the the sad thing is, most of my list is a lot of the blockbuster big stuff that's going to be really mindless. That's okay. But I'm well. I'm going to. That was mine. I've got okay. a few of those. Okay. Good. Because uh, this one, again, kind of made the rounds on the uh, festival circuit, I think, at Fantastic Fest or something like that. But Rubber just sounds like such a freaking weird movie that I have to see this movie if I get the chance That's to. That's a great trailer. I'm yeah. very happy Anytime you have trailer. a movie about a killer tire, I mean, it doesn't mm. get much better than that. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there's what do, what do you say? It's a serial killer movie about a tire. I mean, what else is there to say? So... <laughs> Ethan, I guess I'll kick it right back to you. Uh, my next is The Innkeepers from Ty West, director of uh, House <laughs> of the Devil. I, I don't know a ton about this, but I just know it's like kind of a psychological thriller in the vein of Polanski and whatnot. So Wonderful. I'm pretty stoked to see it because I think Ty West is a pretty awesome director. Yes, absolutely. Way to kill the buzz, Jack. <laughs> what? What? How do you kill the buzz? Am I? I'm not the only one who's like hearing him like turn call. He's like he's calling someone right now. He's like going hello, hello. Oh, there he is. Yeah, no, I didn't. We didn't hear that at all. That was interesting. I I heard that. And it looks crap. It looks like we just lost Jack altogether. We've been trying to get him back. Uh, my personal theory: Vince Vaughn heard preemptively about this and screwed with his connection and severed it. So we're so sorry about that, Jack. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll catch you on the next time. And, uh, yeah, so let's just finish this up, though. And uh, (laughs) 
Where were we? Who 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 just went? I th- believe Ethan was was uh, talking about the new Wong Kar Wai film. Okay, cool. Or actually, the new Ty West movie. Ty West is. movie. Sorry, from the director of The House of the Devil. That's right. Yes. Yeah. All right. And uh, Barry, why don't you guess you go next? Okay. Uh, the new film from Jean-Luc Godard, film Socialism. It's uh, you know it. it it's a movie no one can seem to agree on. It played uh, to much, much discussion at the Cannes Film Festival. And, of course, Godard is up for his honorary Academy Award this year, which he may or may not even show up for. The guy is just such a, you know, he just does whatever he wants, marches it to his own tune. This is my favorite filmmaker, and I'm, I'm very, very curious to see what, he, what he's come up I with. I had the chance to see it, and I didn't. Because, honestly, like, I love Godard. He's one of my favorite filmmakers as well. But it, the movie sounds just, like, gibberish. Hmm. Fair enough. Just in so, terms of the way the way it sounds, or just the way the way it presents it. Yeah, the way the film is. Like I, I had a friend also who saw it, and he said, "Is yeah, it's basically just gibberish." Huh. Interesting. Now I'm even more curious. All right then. Hmm. You know, I'm going to cut my list a bit short. I'm going to cut some stuff out of here just because we're going on a super long episode right now. Okay. So I'm just going to cut all that stuff out. I, I I'll just go ahead and say up front that Cowboys and Aliens. That teaser trailer looks glorious. Like it, it, it's it's literally it's cowboys and aliens instead of cowboys and Indians, and it looks like crazy amounts of fun. Harrison Ford's hamming it up beautifully, like you know, just kind of playing it over the top. Daniel Craig looks good as he usually does, and I, John Favreau looks like he's getting back to doing fun movies again. You yep. can tell that you know that's you can make the argument that Iron Man Two was lacking some fun in some spots. So th- this kind of looks like it's going to be a return to the fun for him. Hope so. That looks really good. Yes. So uh, Barry, did you go already? Uh, I just did, yeah. So Ethan. Okay, so Ethan. Uh, my next two are two films from uh, David Gordon Green, Your Highness and The Sitter, both comedies, not uh, his return to the art house, which I kind of wish he would make, but yeah. oh well. But uh, Your Highness, I agree, the trailer was pretty bad, but it still has that weirdness factor of it that seems really appealing to me. Just a, a pot-smoking puppet, just that really lights my fire. And uh, The Sitter is a Jonah Hill comedy. Uh, it sounds pretty fun. It kind of sounds like Adventures in Babysitting. So, should be good. Nice. Cool. Uh, two films from two of my favorite German filmmakers. Wim Wenders has a new film coming out. I believe it's called Pima. Um, it is a dance film, and it's going to be in 3D, and apparently it's quite terrific. And Werner Herzog, one of my, also one of my favorite filmmakers, the bad boy of Germany, he's got a 3D movie coming out about a cave, and apparently it's one of the best 3D movies ever made. Cool. Right on. Wow. So, so it's not going to... How, how's it going to to uh, stack up against Step Up 3D? That's my real question. I don't know. We'll see. Because not everything could be Step Up 3D. No. Uh, next up on my list, I will... I'm Man, Scream 4. I know the trailer. Some people are saying it looks like crap, but it looks like it could really be a return to form for the series, and I, I, I'm hoping that main characters die this time I, I it's on my list too dave i appreciate bringing it up i'm really excited to see what the heck they could come up with 10 years later with the original cast and crew yeah I'm, i really want to see this yeah my favorite thing that i've seen so far is it looks like you know courtney cox takes a knife and everyone's like let her die i don't know why but it's it's, it's funny to see that <laughs> doesn't like every the rules kind of like every second west craven movie sucks so let's see my solo take was bad Awful. apparently i didn't see Awful. it but so this one should be good just by that logic? I hope so. If that's the case, if it's like the Star Trek rule of two, <laughs> then sure, what the heck? <laughs> there it is. All right, Ethan, sir. Uh, my next is Drive from Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, it's like an action movie, and I think, and it has uh, Ryan Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, uh, uh, Ron Perlman, Christina Hendricks, and Albert Brooks as the bad guy. So I'm 
incredibly excited to see that. And I, I yeah, the Pusher movies are fantastic. Uh, Valhalla Rising and Bronson are awesome. So yeah, I excited to see this guy do a mainstream film. Very cool. Marty keeps telling me how much I got to see this, the Pusher trilogy. So cool. Right on. Cool. Um, Barry. Well, you mentioned Wes Craven, uh, one that I know is probably not going to be good, but you know what? I've been waiting 10 years for a John Carpenter movie, so I can't wait to see The Ward. It might be terrible. I don't care. It looks like everything I want Sucker Punch to be without all that cheeseball CGI. It's a bunch of girls running around an asylum going nuts. It looks like fun. I really want to see The Ward. Very cool. Right on. Yeah, and you want to see The Hole, too, whenever that comes out. I'm just yes, telling you. Yes. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, not Joe... Oh, we'll leave the Joe Dante jokes. We did that the last time. Uh, Something that looks interesting. I'm not sure where this is going to go. This looks like it could be willing to go places Kick-Ass didn't, but um, Super looks really interesting with Rain Wilson yeah, and Ellen Page. Yeah, I've heard that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's willing to go very far with things. I was so. afraid you were going to say Sucker Punch, so I'm so oh. glad you say Super. <laughs> no, no. that. Oh, God, no. I have no desire to see that movie. So, yeah, it, it looks fun. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I have, I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> Ethan... Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm trying to look at a movie on my list and be original here. I'm looking forward to, um, uh, take this waltz from Sarah Pauly, oh, cool. uh, her follow up to away from her starring Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen and it's set in Toronto. So relatability. <laughs> Yay. There I loved away from her. And I think she's, I thought that show, what a, what a terrific director she is. I hope this is great. Right. Yep. Cool. Mr. Barry? Uh, you know, Woody Allen's got a film coming out called Midnight in Paris. Last year's You Can... Uh, you Will Meet a Tall Dark Stranger. That was it. Um, one of his worst. One of his most uninteresting, most completely missable Woody Allen movies. And it kills me to say that because I love Woody Allen. Um, but this new film has got a great cast. film in Paris called Midnight in Paris. I, you know, I never miss a Woody Allen movie, so I'm hoping it'll be a step up from, from his last film. Cool. Um, I've only got a few left here. Um, I I don't know why, but Captain America is looking pretty interesting. I, keeping it in the period piece, like Jack was saying earlier, keeping it in the '40s for the most part, that's interesting to me. And the yeah. costume doesn't look bad. It just it, it looks good. I'm looking forward to it more than Thor for sure. Yeah, it's probably the only comic book movie this year I'm looking forward to. It's funny you guys say that because Thor is it for me because 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 Kenneth Branagh is directing it, and I love Kenneth Branagh. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Thor is like the one I'm holding out for more than Green Lantern or Captain America. All right, then. Interesting. So, we'll see. All right, Ethan. Uh, I'm looking forward to, um, let me just, just look at my list here. Do one at random. Uh, I'm looking forward to Melancholia from Lars von Trier. It's supposed to be him doing for the sci-fi disaster genre what he did with the horror genre with Antichrist. So I'm pretty excited to see what that is. Wow. I'd be very curious to see how that holds up next to the one that Steven Soderbergh's doing because he's doing an all-star disaster movie. Of course, that's a viral disaster movie, but interesting to see which one is better. Still counts. Yep. I, uh, and speaking of that, I rewatched Antichrist recently, and the first time I saw it, I was like, you know, it's it's good, uh, but I have problems with it. Second time, I think that film is fantastic. Hmm. I think people make a lot, way too big of a deal of all the like kind of silly elements of it, and they and they don't realize that most of the movie is just this thing between these two people, this intense drama that's really compelling and interesting and strange. And yeah, I think that's a, a fantastic movie, and I think Von Trier is going to pretty interesting places. 
Interesting. Could All you right. relate to it, Ethan? Have you ever dated someone like that? Well, I've lived the tale the tale. <laughs> I only ask because I've dated some crazy people in my life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see waking up with like a with a metal spike in my thigh. Anyway, um, a movie wow. that could go either way. I'm, I'm really curious about this one. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it as much as I just want to see what they do with it. This is one of my favorite children's books the last 10 years, The Invention of Hugo Cabret, made into a film now uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. This is his first CG film. So basically, he's, he's not doing the George Lucas thing where it's all CG. He's basically just doing it where it's it's actors in front of a, in front of a green screen. It stars Chloe Moretz, so I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not really big on, um, but the story is great. Scorsese is, is stepping out and really doing something he's never done before, and uh, if it's as good as the book, and the book is really tremendous, I'm, I think this could be a really magical film. Right on. Cool. Uh, I've only got three left on my list, so uh, I guess I'll... What should I do? I'll leave those two for last. I, I, I will go ahead and bring up uh, Sir Mel Gibson's The Beaver. Yes! Mm-hmm. This could go either way. It could be awesome, or it could completely suck. I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah, yes. I, I'm fascinated to see which. I think it's going to be a really interesting film-going experience, no matter which way it goes. So, yeah. great choice. Yep, Ethan. I'm looking forward to uh, Tabloid from Errol Morris. It hit the festival uh, the festival circuit last year, and I think it doesn't have distribution right now. But hopefully, all right then. Yeah. Uh, and finally, and this is this is uh, this is as mainstream as it gets. But man, I cannot wait to see this because it, it for me it can go either way. For me, it's so evenly killed, and that would be Rise of the Apes. I cannot wait okay. to see this freaking movie. I mean, <laughs> James Franco, the ubiquitous James Franco, Frida Pinto, Andy Serkis, and you know Weta is doing the special effects. And they say that I mean, they, they people at Fox have been calling it Apatar. They say that the because you know there's no ape, oh. there's no ape makeup. It's it's all CG apes. So either that's going to be really amazing or it's going to look really, really cheese. I cannot wait to see this. I'm curious to see where they go with this. I'm curious to see what the tone is like. It's now you know, um, a fall movie as opposed to a summer movie, which actually is a sign of confidence. So uh, it could go either way, but I cannot wait to see Rise of the Apes. You know, I hated the Tim Burton remake, but I will say the makeup worked beautifully. Makeup was gorgeous. So that... to take that away from me, yeah. It's like, yeah. It, to me, this is like such a risk. Like it's Either they're really going to come up with something here or it's going to be just disaster. Yeah. So. Again, it should be interesting either way. Yes. Uh, my last two films, one's a remake and one's a prequel that no one asked for. Um, I guess I'll do that one first, and that would be The Thing. Looks yeah. fascinating. I agree. I'm really looking forward to that, too. Just seeing the, the, the footage, hearing that they're doing a lot more of it practical with practical effects, I'm, I'm very curious to see where they're going to go with this film. The um, bootleg trailer like was cool. I think it yeah. looks really cool. Yeah, it looks really promising. That's the, that's the way I'll put it. So, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I, I really have no idea what to expect, except I'm hoping for goodness. Mm-hmm. So, and what's if, the other one you had? Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'll oh, say oh, that one more. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Do you want to do like one more, Ethan? I can do a ton more. <laughs> yeah, we're almost up to an hour and a half, so we'll be at an hour and a half before this is over. So, let, let, let's keep it just a couple more. Okay, I'm trying to pick my most. Would it help if we went first, so you have time to, to think about it? Sure. Okay, sure. Barry. Uh, Red State. I really want to see Red State. Um, you know, and I got to say, I've been wanting for years to see Kevin Smith branch out and do this type of movie. And for me, I've, and I, I don't know, some of you have been really kind to cop out. I hated cop out. Um, this is the movie I really wanted to see him do instead of Clerks 2. When when his wife is going, no, do the Green Hornet. I was going, yes, do the Green Hornet. And, of course, he didn't do Green Hornet. Um, but this, uh, from the trailer alone, which is startling, 
Um, and certainly from the subject matter, I'm, I'm completely intrigued. And if it's, you know, again, this could be like Rise of the Apes. It might be really terrific or, or just a total disaster, but I'm, I'm there for him. I really want to see what he's come up with. Yeah, and speaking of what could be really great or a complete disaster, um, oh, man, I'm such an, a remake fan, but Fincher has my faith. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with the Dragon Girl with the Dragon Tattoo yeah. remake. Speaking of that, I uh, tried watching the original this week, and I turned it off after 20 minutes. Really? I just thought the filmmaking in it was incredibly uninspired and pedestrian, so I was just like, I'll just wait for the good version. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if they're going to have that scene with the... Uh yeah, it's there. The social worker? He it's is, in there. It is? It's in there, yep. The yep. whole scene? The whole scene, yeah. they've been. Uh, there's an interview with Fincher, and he was saying how uh, this is going to be the, the hardest R movie released by a major studio in years. And he it was in his contract that that scene would be in there. I mean, that's how, that's how strong wow. he felt about the scene, the scene that gave the original in NC-17. So. Wow, okay. Well, that's quite... I'm curious. We'll wow, see. That's, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ethan, it's on you, sir. Wrap us up. I'm uh, looking forward to Shame from Steve McQueen, director of Hunger. Uh, it's about a sex addict played by Michael Fassbender, who I think is one of the best actors currently working, and he's in a shit ton of movies this year, so <laughs> I'm happy. And yeah, I, 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 I kind of wish uh, he had made that Fela Kuti biopic, Steve McQueen, that he was going to do, but oh well, this sounds interesting. So, And Fassbinder is everywhere this year. This is This is like... I mean, he could really become a, a you know a household name this year. Which, of course, the most important thing, of course, is that he you know d- does great work. But that's that's terrific. I mean, he's he's wonderful. Yes, indeed. Cool. Did you want to do another one, Ethan, or, or, or are you good? sure? Um, Todd Solondz has a new movie coming out this year, oh, Dark boy. Horse. Excited for that. Should oh, be interesting. Boy. Todd Solondz. Uh, Alexander Payne has another mo- has finally has a new movie coming out this year, The Descendants. Great. great. Excited for that and. Uh, the director of Wendy and Lucy's next film, Meek's Cutoff, is out this year, starring Michelle Williams. Oh, wow. Love Michelle Williams. Love Wendy and Lucy. So. Yeah, it's a great film. Cool. And uh, one, actually one I wanted to mention, two actually, now I think about it, um, Rampart from the director of The Messenger, uh, which is a cop movie starring Woody Harrelson and Ice Cube as a cop, which I, I the irony in that is so delicious that I... <laughs> no kidding. Is that about the Rampart scandal about, about Tupac and Biggie? Is that what that's about? Maybe. I, I don't think know. so. And um, Haywire from Steven Soderbergh, which I've heard him describe as being like point blank, and it stars uh, American Gladiator, so it should be pretty fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Right on. Cool. Well, oh, I wait. Have... One last thing that, oh. that I'm really just... I'm nervous about, but uh, the On the Road movie. Yeah, no joke. No joke. Cause I, I've read that a couple times, and I read it again recently, and uh, I, I don't know if th- I, I don't know if that's that's a good idea or not. You know, I mean, it's like the Catcher in the Rye movie that they never made. You know, and and with good reason. I don't think the Catcher in the Rye really. Well, maybe there are ways to do it, but uh, yeah, On the Road is. I mean, I think that's a movie that most people assumed had already been made. I mean, you know, it's it's one of the great American novels. Kerouac's a genius, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it going to be like Jerry? Is it going to be like The Way Back? I mean, how do you how do you make that cinematic? How do you make that engaging? And the casting is certainly interesting. Yeah, that that could really go anyway. All right then. And Copeland's producing it. Yeah, it, it, it looks like we're in for a very, another very interesting year of films. So we will see what happens, and and we'll see if Vince Vaughn has something that we can you know make fun of from now on. I want to know if Tara Gilliam's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote is ever going to get its feedback. Because I want to see that movie. I really do. Yeah, I don't know. Because Duvall wants to do it, you know? Duvall wants to do it. Ewan McGregor wants to do it. We know Gilliam wants to do it, but... Yeah, we, yeah. we'll just have to see. 
And cool. will, will George Lucas ever let us see Red Tails? Is he just going to be recutting that movie like until until know. 2012 because he knows he believes the world's going to end? So. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's like a sound bite right there. Yeah, no kidding. All right, let's go ahead and talk about what's hit in theaters this weekend and, and close this bad boy up. This weekend, well, it's January, so we got some January movies for you. Um, Anthony Hopkins is the Exorcist in the right. and then uh, a remake of a really really fine uh, Charles Bronson vehicle The Mechanic starring Jason Statham and the wonderful Ben Foster so if if anything elevates this movie and I gotta say the trailer was promising the action scenes look good but Ben Foster's in this movie I'm looking forward to seeing this I think I see it on Tuesday night very cool so yes yes and then coming out on DVD that particular weekend um, boy are Ethan and I split on this one and I shouldn't even I shouldn't even be what the heck? I'm going to say it. I hate this movie. I think it's one of the worst films of 2010. The remake, Let Me In, is coming out on DVD. <laughs> Not enough uh, scenes of people explaining what's going on for you, huh? Uh, too many scenes of blood and gore and crap that was not necessary in the first place. And I don't think spitting a car is all that interesting. I thought it was more interesting when Children of Men did it. I, I think that set piece is better than in anything in Inception, in my opinion. No. And the movie no. has the benefit of not. What? The dream, no this level. We have to go to this level because this subconscious does this. No this, like seriously? You like, you excuse that in a great movie like Let Me In. You just like, you piss on before you even see it. Like you so made up your mind on that movie before you even saw it. I could tell by your review. Do we really need to see body parts in the swimming pool? Did that really make it a better film? Did it? Wait to overlook everything else in the movie. (laughs) Also wow. coming out this week, wow. Conviction, starring Sam Rockwell and also Hilary Swank. That's supposed to be a kind of a middle-of-the-road kind of movie. Um, let Never Let Me Go, very good film, I think, uh, from the director of One Hour Photo with Kira Knightley. Uh, Monsters, one of my favorite films of last year. The Tillman Story, documentary. Um, yeah, supposed to be very good. Hatchet 2, one of last year's most controversial films, since a lot of uh, theaters would not even carry it. And then, of course, the classic, classic Disney film, Alice in Wonderland, available on oh. Blu-ray, the classic animated film. Yeah, not yeah. The, I thought you were going to make a joke about another Disney film coming out that was a quote-unquote classic. No, 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 That's I'm saving that one for last, of course. A film that I actually had to watch a number of times in my acting class. It's now available on DVD. Kenneth Branagh hosting Discovering Hamlet, a documentary about Shakespeare. Actually, very good. Learned a lot from it. And then finally, the film that Dave is alluding to, uh, the other Disney film this week, straight to DVD, um, boy, would Josh be angry to hear that this movie's coming out. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. Yeah. And, and, and should I say the, the crap title for next week or should I mention it now? Say it. Okay. I, I'm just going to start off by just reading it because I, I don't know why they're making this movie, but okay. Apparently, the plastics are back in the long-awaited, I guess, follow-up to the smash hit Mean Girls. And now the clique is more fashionable, funny, and ferocious than ever. Confident senior Joe begins the new school year by breaking her own cardinal rule. Don't get involved in girl drama. But when she sees timid Abby preyed upon by Queen Bee Mandy and her minions, she takes sides in a viciously funny girl world war that turns the whole school upside down. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I didn't even remember that the girl click from Mean Girls was called The Plastics, honestly. I love the movie, but I... I, too, uh, love Mean Girls 1. I, I assume that Lindsay Lohan would be in this, right? She'd kind of need it, right? <laughs> you know, and, and if she... Well, she could have been in rehab at the time, so... Tim Meadows is in, re, in Mean Girls 2. The, the lone I thought you were going to say Tim Meadows, Meadows was in rehab. I'm like, what? <laughs> With Lindsay Lohan. No, P is the lone cast member who's back. Oh, so sad, so sad. This was on the Family Channel the other night. Did you watch it? I did not. I had better things to do. 
<laughs> Fair enough, but like a alphabetized your shoelace collection by color. That would have been a step up from watching Mean Girls too. Yes. Just just go to sleep listening to the dialogue from Inception. That soothing exposition. Oh. Wow. That's actually how I go to bed every night, Ethan. And I sleep like a baby. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> There's some brewing battles coming, I can already tell. Oh, wow. I don't know what we're talking about next week. We'll figure it out at some no point. Idea. But uh, we'll have some fun. It'll be a good time. Actually, at the Oscar nominations announced next weekend. That's right. Next we get an announced I guess on we Tuesday. Have our topic. We just make Tuesday. that the topic. I yeah. think we should make that the topic. There we go. Absolutely. Easy cool. cheesy. Well, I, I'm all about easy. So, yeah. I, I'm just going to end that because that didn't come out how I wanted it to. Yeah. This is Dave. This is Barry. This is Ethan. And Jack would be here if not for Vince Vaughn. 